<laughs> well, do you understand what temptation's about? No. Yes. So, if I should laugh at that video or call child protective services, it would seem a little cool. Uh, but that's kind of where we're going this week. We're talking uh, through the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And we hit this story this week as we're progressing through uh, his, his life account where temptation is strong. And unlike a lot of the biblical characters, the story that we learn is temptation is strong. They fall to temptation. They deal with all these consequences of the fall. Um, and then they are redeemed by God. We actually find in this story an incredible resistance to temptation in the life of Joseph. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. If, if you weren't here last week, uh, please catch up on the, the Overcome series as we started the life of Joseph and we learned about him and his, his circumstances. And we learned one of the dominant characteristics very early on in the life of Joseph was this word faithful. Faithful. And we're going to see it become even stronger as we go along. Um, but I'm glad you're here this week. We got a little nervous with black eyes this morning. You know, what it would look like. When I had the first two rows set up, I thought, well, maybe that's enough chairs this week with uh, black eyes. But you braved it. Um, still coming from Chicago a few years ago, I, I'm still trying to mentally adjust uh, to that. But I am, I'm so glad you're here this morning. And uh, let's just jump into it. Genesis chapter 39 is where we're going to look at. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. And we're going to track through a pretty good chunk of Scripture. So uh, we'll look at that. We'll have it on the screen as well for you if you don't have your Bible with you. Um, and if you didn't get sermon notes when you came in here, uh, just slip up your hand. Because there's a few life principles that are in those sermon notes. Uh, Pastor Hanson will spread like the wind to you to give you one of those. And so you'll, you'll be ready to go if you happen to not get one. Uh, this week would be, would be great. Alright? Okay, so this teaching is about overcoming temptation. Now, it, it's really kind of an expository look at this passage, which is Genesis 39, and we want to deal with it and apply it to life and temptation in all different ways, because we're tempted in, in all different forms, right? But, I want to give a, a heads up at the beginning here. There's no way to overlook the fact that the story that this is based in is about a young man who incredibly resists temptation. He resists sexual temptation from the most powerful and the most seductress woman he would ever come in contact with in his life. And though he was in his late teens, and if late teen boys then are like late teen boys now, um, they're, they're eager, right? And yet we find that Joseph resisted this temptation. Can I tell you this up front? Though we're going to talk about temptation across the board, not just in, in sexual forms. Can I just tell you this morning, if you're here this morning and you are constantly finding yourself giving in to sexual temptation, in whatever form, whatever it looks like, and maybe it's sex outside of the bounds of marriage that God has established for. Maybe it's, it's pornography that you've gotten locked into or addicted to. Whatever form this morning of sexual temptation that you have found yourself saying, I keep getting into this. I, I, it seems to be uh, this hold on me. And I keep getting into this temptation. I want to make sure you know up front. I want this message and this teaching about temptation. I want it to be encouraging to you. Why? Because we have the story of a young man who overcame. 
I want to be challenging to you as well, because we find that in the life of this young man, this was not just a guy who was sitting back on the couch and just saying, God bless, and then, you know, I'll get up once, once everything's good and blessed, then I'll get up and do something. This guy worked hard. He was faithful. He did a great job in the different roles he was put in. And then finally, I want to make sure this message is empowering to you. And this is the most important part. I want to make sure you understand this morning that if you're falling falling into sexual temptation, to be empowered, that indeed, through the Holy Spirit, you can overcome. You can overcome. We have a story here this morning, and it's well above just saying, I'm going to try harder next time. So that's your your backdrop. Um, And so let's just jump into this passage and take a little bit of a look at it. And this morning you're like, yeah, Tom, that sexual temptation, I mean, that's really not not where I'm at this morning. Again, remember, we're going to talk about it across the board, and we're going to put into place a couple life principles that come out of this passage that can be used in, in this combating temptation. So let's take a look at it. We ended last week with Joseph being sold to these Ishmaelite traders. They were just coming along and the brothers decided, well, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. We'll make some money off it. And that's exactly what they did. And so he becomes property of these Ishmaelite traders. And if you remember, we found that he was then purchased by Potiphar. He was an Egyptian officer. He was the captain of the guard, is what we find in the very beginning of chapter 39, verse 1. Now, captain of the guard. That means this. Anything that had to do with guarding the kingdom, the guarding the, 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 the palace, guarding the pharaoh himself, this guy was in charge of. So he wasn't necessarily in charge of sending the troops out to conquer new lands or whatever they might have done. He was in charge of protecting pharaoh, protecting the kingdom. This is a significant job. And so Joseph finds his way in to being a servant now at at Potiphar's expense, bought to be a servant. Let's take a look at verse 2, and we start to see where God starts to intervene here. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. So this pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of the entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All this household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about the thing, except what kind of food to eat. Would that be nice in your life? The only thing you were worrying about is what food you going to eat today was, was your only worry. That was Potiphar. Why? Because Joseph. Because of Joseph. The hand God had on Joseph's life and how well he worked in the task that was given him, Potiphar got to the point where all he cared about, all he worried about, was what might I eat today? That's quite a place to be in. Let's take a look and break this down uh, just, just a little bit. Now, your job, don't let me get too caught up in one, because I get a little excited about Joseph, one of my favorite characters, because I want to get to the good part um, at the end, okay? So help me out, Ray. Don't let me get too caught up, okay? You're a bad one, Ray, to ask. 
If you ever listen to Ray tell a story. <laughs> so, okay, all right. So, want to get to the good part, though. Uh, take a look at what's happening here in this story. God blessed Joseph, and he succeeds in all that he did. God is with Joseph. Joseph has already shown his faithfulness to his father uh, when his father said, go do this for me, and he said, yes, I'll go do that for you. The brothers didn't like what the dad asked of him, but Joseph was faithful. Now we're going to see if this faithfulness plays out outside of the family. We find he's a slave. Seemingly in the story, he was not brought in to be the head administrative assistant. He was just brought in to do whatever a slave might do at that. I don't know. He might have brought him in and said, hey, you're going to clean trash cans. That's what you're getting your job to start. Whatever the entry-level job is, that is what Joseph was brought into. But we find an interesting thing in verse 3. Potiphar, captain of the guard for Pharaoh, noticed and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. So if Potiphar notices this, right, things are going good. Everything Joseph touches is wonderful. The Lord must be blessing Joseph. So what does Potiphar decide? Well, the smartest thing for him to do was, well, let's give him a, a few more things to do, right? Uh, now, think about your job, your work. Doesn't this make sense? If you do well in your job, if, if things go well, your, your boss is probably going to say, hey, good job, I'd like to give you a little bit more here in this area. That's all that's happening in this story, except for God is the one blessing. He becomes a personal assistant. Soon he's in charge of everything in the household here. From that day forward, Joseph is put in charge of everything, even the property he's put in charge of. And then we find this interesting thing. Potiphar, captain of the guard for Pharaoh. Like, these are not Hebrew God believers, okay? And we find that God starts to bless who? Potiphar. Now, that might play with your theology a little bit, that God is wanting to bless somebody who, have, who doesn't really have any interest in God or following that uh, in the form of Christianity. They didn't call it that then. But God blessed Potiphar's house. Why? Because of Joseph. Because of Joseph's blessing. Like, I read that, and you know what that tells me? God wants to bless your business through you. He wants the way you work, the way you live out your faithful Christian life in your job. He wants to bless your business, your body. You don't have to be the guy that owns your business or the lady that owns your business. He wants to bless because we see he's blessing Potiphar's house here. If he's blessing Potiphar's house, you know what he's really doing? He is blessing Pharaoh. He's blessing the kingdom. Because Potiphar's job is to make sure the kingdom is protected and running smoothly internally. And, and here's God blessing them. Why? Because of this faithful young man. Here's the, the life principle I draw from this the first one on your, on your form. It's to find what God is blessing and get on board. That's all Pharaoh did. Or excuse me, Potiphar did. Is he found what God is blessing and he just got on board with it. And guess where it took him? A blessing of his own. Now, um, when I was a teenager, um, I, was a, I was like a skateboarder. Now, any skaters out there back in the day? Skaters? Yeah? <laughs> Pastor Hanson, um, <laughs> come on, come on. Um, well, I thought some of you would say that, so I thought I would just want to make sure you, you, you prove it to me. 
uh, up here. That's right. No. I got a bad. Sh- I got a bad shoulder. Bad shoulder. Yeah. So. so I was a skater, um, and I was really, uh, I was really into the skating. And so our boards didn't look like this. I mean, these are like thin boards, and they've got big nose and tails. Ours were the big fat boards, if you remember back in the day, and a big tail but no nose on the board. So they look very different. Um, and we didn't flip it around on our feet and things like that, but I learned how to do a few of those things where you flip it around your feet and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, where you bang the tail down and then flip it. This and is not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> no. Some of you are like, that's the good part. That's the good part you wanted to get to. No, that's not the, the good part. No, here's the thing. <laughs> if you're a skater back in the day for me, you had to have skater hair as well. Like, the hair I have now, I don't know what the skater world is today, but you didn't have hair like this if you skated then. You needed to have long hair that they needed to come down quite a bit uh, in the front. So uh, so I had that hair, um, and I was actually just looking at a picture this, this morning uh, of that, that hair as well. Um, but here was the problem for me, is... Um, I was like, I'm going to be a skater, I'm, I'm all in. Skateboarding's hot right now, it's popular, I'm going all in with the skate. So I grew my hair all the way down, where it was one length all the way around here, which I thought was awesome. So my parents didn't agree. But here's the problem, it came along in baseball season, and the baseball coach's uh, rule was no long hair. When you put it under your hat, it had to be short. So we had the bright idea that we would shave about an inch and a half all the way to the bottom <laughs> of our hair. And then we pull it up and like we put a little tie in it and then put our hat down on top of it. So when the coach looked, it was like thin. Now, now Corey cuts hair, would that pass? I and mean, do you do haircuts like that often? You do actually. <laughs> okay. um, that was because <laughs> you know here was my thinking is um, skaters are cool. So I'm just going to do what a skater does so that I look cool as well, or so that I am cool as well. That never seemed to pan out very well for me in this category, but that was the mentality. This is the simple mentality of this life plan as it relates to God, is find what God is blessing. Find what He is already doing, how He's already moving, how He's already making Himself known, and get on board, full tilt. I guarantee God will not make you he won't make you grow your hair out. He won't make you shave an inch around it. He won't make you do any of that, um, I don't think. Um, but find what he is blessing already and get on board with what he's doing. That's what Potiphar did here. He didn't even understand this whole Hebrew faith. But he understood God was blessing. And he decided to get on board with this and go that direction. What has God already thrown in front of you? I mean, what is it that he's already said? You know, I'm moving in this area. I'm moving here. And there's blessing. You know people in your life that have been blessed when they've walked down this certain path. They've found incredible life and joy when they've made certain decisions. God is blessing those. Guess what? Get on board with those decisions. Get on board with that. Because God has blessing for you as well. So let's go on. Let's see what else he talks about uh, in this, this passage. We find out we're going to get into to really where Joseph is tempted in this next session. We find out Joseph was a handsome man and was a well-built young man. And so Potter's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. So, I mean, 
I know many of you, men, you probably relate to that passage, or you know, you're good-looking, strong guys. Um, but that's what we're told. Good-looking young guy here, and so Potiphar's wife starts to look lustfully at him. This is interesting here because uh, in, in the palace here, Joseph is now in a significant position, a significant role. Seemingly, he could do about anything he would want to do in the kingdom here. And so, as his wife looked, uh, surely the opportunity, as he's in the palace, as she's in the palace, the opportunity to move forward with, with what she wanted would have been there, right? Come sleep with me, is what she said. She's pretty straightforward. But we find she, Joseph in verse 8 says, he refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except for you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a sin against God. How does a young guy like this resist this woman's advances? This is a powerful woman here, right? Seeing interest in him. Up till now, like, we have nothing in the story that would tell us Joseph has had uh, any connection with a woman up till now. And here's this woman, I mean, she is coming full tilt after him. Now, he could have said, I- I'm going to give in because, you know, I'm just, I'm into that, I'm excited about this, and, and could have gone that way, and just, we'll just hide it from Potiphar. He could have given in because he could have said, well, she's Potiphar's wife, she's powerful, she's more important than the kingdom for me, if she tells me to do something, I, I better do it, or, or else I'll get in trouble. There's any reasons he could have kind of justified and moved forward in what was happening, but he stands and says, no, the master trusts me with everything here. As I look at this, I wonder, how is it he's able to resist? And so I racked myself and then I thought, well, faithfulness, right? He's faithful to God. Yeah, absolutely. But there's something that resonated with me this week as I was reading this. Not just his faithfulness with God, but it was his commitment to the master. It was his commitment to the things of the master. Life principle number two is be concerned with the business of the master. What he was saying here is my master, who is Potiphar, has entrusted me with everything. My master has given me tasks over everything. In this house, in this, in this kingdom, all the internal operations, my master has given me authority and responsibility here. And I've been working to that end, and things have been going very well. And the only thing my master has told me that is off limits to me is you, because you are his spouse. Now, I don't know what kind of romance was going on with, with Potiphar and his wife, that they were still like deeply madly in love, I don't know. But Potiphar had withheld his wife, and Joseph was honoring that. And Joseph is saying, look, I'm so concerned with the business and the direction of the master. How can I dare give into that type of temptation? Because the business of the master is so important to me. And not only that, but the master thinks so highly of me. How would I give in and throw that all away for, I don't know, one night with you? One encounter with you? There's no way I would do that. You know, as I read this this week and I was working on this, there a parallel story came to mind in Scripture that, that was really clear here. 
that here was Adam and Eve in the garden. And God said, everything is yours. Look, look, everything in here, enjoy. It's, it's yours. I designed it for you. One thing. Tree at the center of the garden, off limits. Don't eat of that. Everything else is yours. But the temptation was too great, right? When the serpent snuck in and he tempted, at least in Eve, in Adam's opinion, it was too great. And they gave in. Joseph here, though, has the same opportunity. It's the same scenario. And yet he says, I'm so concerned with the business of the master. I'm so concerned with the role the master has brought me to, the responsibility he's put on me. How could I dare offend the master in this way and bring destruction to this home in this way? I'm telling you, because I was reading that, and I hope you hear it this way. For me personally, I'm like, as, as a pastor, as God's one that's God has called to spiritually lead the, the body of believers here and to be involved in your lives and you and mine, I'm like, man, the business of the master is so important. It's so important. Like, I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking, God, if I carry this temptation idea out here across my life, not just in the sexual here, that's the backdrop of our story, like, how many times in your life, Tom, would God be challenging you to say, Tom, eliminate that. Don't give in to that. Because the business of the master is about what God has called you to, what God has in front of you. Why would you ever want to bring any trouble or destruction to what God has in front of you because you want to give in to whatever temptation that might be. Now, I would guess you can personally interpret this for yourself right away. You don't need to list out a bunch of things. And again, this morning, my, my desire is that this would be encouraging you to, to you. That here was a young man who said, no, I'm not going to give in to that because the business of the master is at hand. My hope is it would be challenging to you. Because if this whole thing of just saying no to temptation, if it was super easy, we'd have all done it. We wouldn't even need sermons on it. There wouldn't need to be Bible stories about it, right? I want it to be challenging to you as well. But in a minute, I want to talk about how it should be empowering to you. Let's move on and talk about this last section of Scripture here. When she saw that, uh, excuse me, let's, let me just read the, the end of the, of the verse 12. Um, one day when no one else around, uh, he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran out of the house. When she saw that he was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants, Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has made this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he, when he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind. So obviously she's pulling one over here. I mean, here's Joseph, who, uh, if you don't understand the cloaks, that would have been what he wore. Um, they didn't wear a bunch of you know, layers of clothes that we might wear. Uh, especially on a cold day, it was this this coat, right? And so as she grabbed him, she pulled the coat off as he tried to flee, get out of there, and ran. 
So what is she saying here? What she's proclaiming is he came in and he took his robe off and he was naked standing there in front of me. And then I screamed, realizing what he was trying to accomplish here. And he ran off. Now, the Bible doesn't tell how they found Joseph. It just goes, Potiphar was curious, verse 19, when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into prison. I don't know where Joseph went when he ran away uh, with no clothes on. It's not like he would have had a big wardrobe of clothes, at least not Joseph, a big wardrobe of clothes. So I, he was out there. I don't know. I like to kind of picture him standing behind a planner somewhere just waiting. Uh, but he was found in Potiphar then throws him in the jail. Adversity, we talked about last week. Joseph's been faithful the whole time, and here comes adversity into his life. Can I remind you what we talked about last week? You may be incredibly faithful in your Christian walk, and you'll find adversity. It's coming. It happens in our life. What happens with Joseph? Well, we find now a parallel. The same kind of thing happens here. Verse 21, take a look at it. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. And here's Joseph in the same situation, and God blesses, and he works hard here. And we find that he is elevated in responsibility, all the way to the point where the, the warden doesn't tell us this this time, but it seemed like he had no worries except for maybe, what am I going to eat today? Joseph's faithfulness and God's blessing on his life. Final principle here I want to make sure you understand in this passage is God blesses those who remain faithful. That if we would remain faithful, there is a blessing from God that comes because of our faithfulness. Now, I know right away for some of you, you're like, yeah, but Tom, there's, there's all kinds of people in life succeeding that want to have nothing to do with God. They don't care about Jesus Christ. In fact, they sometimes curse us as Christians. Um, and, and yet they, they seem to find prosperity and, and, and good things in their life. Um, I would encourage you that probably is not the biblical blessing we're talking about. But the truth still remains that when we are faithful, God's blessing comes. God's blessing continues. In fact, there's a lot of times when we're not being faithful, God even brings blessing to our life, which doesn't quite make sense. But he does it anyway as a loving father. But the blessing continues or it comes when we're faithful. So I told this one, I want to make sure, I don't get too caught up in here, because I want to get to the good part. Um, I want to share just the last two things with you that are in your outline. And if you're interested in resisting temptation of any form in your life, maybe it is sexual, like what we've talked about, or maybe it's all kinds of things. Maybe you're just a flat-out lazy worker, and the temptation is always to find an easy shortcut. And you've never found blessing in your work because you've always given into that temptation. Whatever your temptation may be this morning, God wants to, to show us. God wants to show us His blessing, and I'm going to share these last two things with you. Here's one thing I think I want you to eliminate, and then we'll talk about what to replace it with. Eliminate this from your life. Eliminate the phrase "I'm only human." 
But when it comes to temptation and falling to temptation, the nature of the easy phrase to go to is to say, well, you know, I'm only human. I'm just, I'm only human. These things happen, right? I mean, it's on bumper stickers, it's everywhere, right? Can I just tell you, as believers, Christians out there, you're not only human. That you're not just human. That here, that when we follow what Christ has done in our lives, this is what we're told. We're told several things. We're told that you are a child of the one true God. That's what we're told in Scripture. You're a child of God now. That I'm not just human. When I say I'm just human, I mean, well, I don't really have much power to overcome these things. I don't have much power to resist temptation. So I have to give in, right? Because why? Well, I'm only human. Eliminate that from your thinking. The Bible says you're a child of the one true king. The Bible also says that you've been washed and made new. It made new. Do you understand what that means? That whatever the old was, that when you said yes to Christ, that he made you new. They said, I'm building something new in your life. Now, I'd love to tell you that when that happened, like for me, that it was immediate, on the spot, I was totally new in all forms. But there's just been this progressive growth in my life where I've learned more and more about God and I've surrendered more and more about myself to God. And so I look down and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not the same as I once was. My thinking is not the same as it once was because he's made me new. I'm not only human. That's just how I think. It's how I have to think because I'm human. Eliminated. Do you know what the Bible tells us? It says you've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer that you who live, but Christ in you. That Christ is living in you. That Christ is guiding you and directing you in your life and empowering you in your life. So that you don't have to say a lie and live a lie that I'm only human. There's nothing I can do about it anyway. Eliminate that from your life. It makes no sense for the Christian to speak in such way. Because of what's available to us through the power of God to be empowered. So replace it with this. To say I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit living inside of me. That I'm empowered by God's Spirit. Do you know that Christianity is not simply a self-help book? It's not that. It's not simply a way for you to say, hey, try harder, find it deep within you. There's victory. That there's a real spiritual power meant of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. And so that when we go before temptation, that we say, no, I'm one with the Master. My relationship with the Master is of such significance. How would I, how would I bring trouble to the relationship with the Master to say yes to that? And the Holy Spirit guides and directs us. Do you remember who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted? The Holy Spirit. Who was with Jesus in the wilderness? It's the Holy Spirit. What had just happened prior to Jesus going and being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights? He was baptized. And we find that the Spirit, in the form of a dove, descended upon Jesus. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit living inside of me. That's the good part for you. I'm only human is not the good part. The good part is that you are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, therefore I, I will not give in to temptation. I'm not giving the temptation. 
because the power of the Holy Spirit is inside of me. That I can resist. That I can say no. Can I talk to men for just a second here? If stats hold out, and, and I, I hear different numbers, so I'm not totally sure, but if stats hold out, somewhere on 76% of men regularly look at pornography. That's I mean, three out of four if stats hold out. You know what this passage is telling us? You know what this, these phrases are saying? Is you don't sit there and say, Well, I'm only human. I have these urges. I'm a man anyway. You say, No, I'm not a child of God. That I can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to say, Look, I'm not looking at that. That's not where I'm going to dwell. If you're married, my spouse, that's, that's where my eyes are going to dwell. That's where my desire is going to dwell. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, God can transform you into that. Don't live with I'm only human type of mentality here. But go temptation across the board. If that's not your temptation, then wherever God is challenging you. So this morning, be encouraged. The story is somebody who overcame. The challenge is, hey, none of this is just like super easy. I mean, this, this is a good battle. The empowerment is there is victory. There's victory through God, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So on your chair, there's a card just like this. We wanted to send you home with something that would be impactful for you. The big words that I want you to remember on the card in the front are that God is faithful. He is the way of escape. That's, that's what we're looking at here. On the back side, though, it says, I'll not give in to the temptation of this is your own personal card. If there's one particular temptation, you say, God, I just I give in to that. And then I buy into the only human. Or, I don't say I'm only human, I just decide I'm going to live in guilt and I'm going to beat myself up and I'm going to say I'm a stupid moron or whatever. And then I'm just going to try harder, I guess. This morning, our prayer is going to be that the power of the Holy Spirit would work into your life in this area. And so this card is for you. Um, you can fill it out right now if you were so bold. Or if you want to take it and fill it out in your private devotion time. We made it small because uh, well, I was thinking men, slide it right in your wallet if you need to. And you can carry it along with you and be reminded of this so you see this. As I'm encouraging you to, if there's something that you say, I need to write that, that down. I know that's me right there. I'm going to pray over you and these cards in just a second here. But I'm going to throw another challenge away. Don't walk this alone. That God is with you. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you. Human accountability is so important. It may be for you that you just need to sit down with your spouse this afternoon and say, Hey, honey, I want to just tell you, here's what I wrote down on this card today. Even if it comes as a shock. Or maybe it's just a friend in your life, that you, a Christian friend that you would just say, Hey, I just need to tell you, I wrote this down, and I, I'm working towards victory here, and I'd like you to, to help in that, that journey. Whoever the Lord puts on your heart and can use. Now, let me pray for you in these cards specifically. So would you bow with me? Father, I thank you that... I thank you, Lord, that for me personally, as I look back uh, in my life, and I think about the times in my life where I resisted well, and the times in my life where I did not set myself up very well at all. The times when I claimed and owned that... You and my life and the business of the master is so significant. And then the times, Lord, where I seemingly didn't even 
care about the business of the master. Father, I would guess in this in this crowd that probably most would have similar account of their life as well. And Father, I don't understand why it seems like the enemy seems to find such victory in some of these areas when we know and we can claim who you are, the power of your Holy Spirit in our life. So Father, right now I'm praying for every single thing that came to mind, for every single thing that popped into anyone's head here, any temptation that they have been giving themselves over to, any temptation that they've not found victory on. Lord, I'm just praying right here, right now, for victory. I'm asking the power of your Holy Spirit to come on right now, and then we have to find victory. Lord, the story of Joseph is you blessed. You blessed, Lord. But it's also the story of him working on his own. It's his own responsibility. And so, Lord, would you merge those two together for us? Would you tell us it's going to be challenging? There's going to be work to do on our own. But, Father, we're praying for your blessing and your Holy Spirit on every single person that's dealing with defeat in this area. Lord, now, every word that's written down on a card that's taken away, that's slid into a wallet or a purse or, or somewhere that it can be seen, Father, I just want to pray over that word, whatever it is. If it's sexual addiction, Father, I pray over that. We pray for releasement from that. Lord, if it's spending, just the temptation to constantly acquire, Father, we pray over that. If it's just our own desires, our hobbies, away from our family and responsibilities, Lord, we pray over that. And Lord, I know that list goes on and on. We just lift up every word that's put on a card. Lord, that serious business between that individual and you. So we pray for victory. We're praying, Lord, even today, when we hear testimonies of victory in your name. We pray in your son's name, Lord, and thank you.